There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel straight out of a movie. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab for Season 3 of Jewish History Nerds, a new season of intrigue, mystical realms, and bloody battles. Jewish History Nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing, yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better... I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes every day tastes better with a pinch of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the time when a few sprinkles of salt became many Americans' best bet for staving off a serious and unsightly illness. The day was May 1st, 1924. The first iodized salt in the U.S. went on sale at Michigan grocery stores. It was exactly the same as regular table salt, save for the addition of 0.01% of sodium iodide. Five Michigan salt companies had added the compound to their product at the urging of the Michigan State Medical Society. Many in the Great Lakes region had long suffered from iodine deficiency, and it was hoped that adding a trace amount of the micronutrient to salt would correct the problem. Larger companies, such as Morton Salt, weren't convinced that the benefits of the supplement would be worth the trouble of having to explain its presence to customers. But by the end of the year, Morton had come around, and iodized salt became available nationwide. Adding iodine to salt is similar to the practice of adding fluoride to water. Both are somewhat sneaky ways to make sure the public gets an adequate amount of a helpful mineral. Unlike fluoride, however, iodine is not naturally produced by the human body. Still, it's essential in small quantities in order to keep the thyroid gland functioning properly. Without it, the thyroid is unable to produce thyroxin, a hormone that helps maintain crucial bodily functions, such as mental acuity. 
So if someone doesn't get enough iodine in their diet, they may start to experience mental impairment or even develop endemic goiter, a disease characterized by a swelling of the thyroid gland, which usually presents as a bulbous protrusion on the side of the neck, called a goiter. The problem is, iodine isn't all that abundant in nature, though it can be found in trace amounts just about everywhere. By far, though, it's most prevalent in seawater, the world's supply of which holds roughly 35 million tons of iodine. As a result, people who live in coastal areas rarely develop iodine deficiency, as they absorb plenty of it just through the water and air around them. And of course, whether you live in a coastal area or not, it's easy to work iodine into your diet by consuming food from the ocean, such as fish or seaweed. Of course, the flip side is that if you don't live near the ocean and don't have access to marine foods, you're unlikely to get the iodine you need without going out of your way for it. That was exactly the case for many Americans in the early 20th century. Communities that were far removed from the ocean, such as those in the interior northwest and the Great Lakes region, didn't have easy access to iodine-rich foods, and thousands of residents there developed thyroid problems as a result. In fact, the condition was so common in those inland areas that a whole stretch of land from the Rockies to the Great Lakes to western New York became widely known as the Goiter Belt. Medical professionals had begun to raise the alarm about iodine deficiency during the draft for World War I, when a shocking number of men had to be disqualified from military service due to thyroid problems. Around the same time, a physician named David Marine conducted a series of studies on iodine-deficient schoolchildren in Akron, Ohio. He and his colleagues found that adding a small dose of iodine to the children's water each day greatly reduced their chances of developing a goiter. By the early 1920s, then, the link between goiters and iodine deficiencies had been clearly established, and so too had a general solution to add trace amounts of iodine to the diets of people in high-risk regions. However, there was still the question of how exactly to do that. Most people wouldn't be willing to buy a jar of iodine solution and mix it into their drinking water each day, so a different distribution method would be needed. In 1922, Dr. David Murray Cowie met that demand by proposing that iodine, in the crystalline form of sodium iodide, be added to the nation's salt supply. As a professor of pediatrics at the University of Michigan, Cowie had been deeply troubled by the prevalence of endemic goiter in his state, particularly among children. His search for a solution led him to the process of salt iodization, which had already proven effective at decreasing the incidence of goiter in Switzerland. Cowie knew that adopting the Swiss method was the U.S.'s best shot at combating one of the major public health problems of the day. The tough part would be getting U.S. officials, salt producers, and the general public to agree with him. It took several months of meetings with other physicians and educators, but eventually, Cowie got approval from the Michigan State Medical Society to endorse and implement the production of iodized salt for the good of public health. That backing made it much easier to get the Michigan salt companies on board with the idea. They agreed to start producing iodized table salt in the same cylindrical containers as their old product, except now with a label that called out the addition of sodium iodide and its health benefits. Dr. Cowie also approached Morton Salt, 
the nation's leading brand, about incorporating sodium iodide into their production process as well. However, the company declined, believing that a formula change might hurt their sales. As a result, Michigan grocery stores were the first in the country to stock iodized salt. The locally sourced product first appeared on shelves on May 1, 1924, and sales were about as brisk as you'd expect in a state so widely plagued by goiters. In the months that followed, many Michigan residents reported positive effects from the new Miracle Salt. The buzz was so good, in fact, that Morton quickly reversed course and joined the cause. That fall, the company became the first to distribute iodized salt nationwide. And within a decade, the product accounted for more than 90% of the U.S. table salt market. During that same period, the number of Michiganders afflicted with goiters fell from a staggering 30% of the population to just 2%. Those results, and others like it, became a popular selling point for table salt, with the presence of iodine being proudly and prominently displayed on every company's label. Morton's salt didn't stop at goiters, though, but touted other various health benefits as well. For example, a 1934 Morton ad proclaimed, quote, Taller, heavier, children protected against simple goiter are found to be superior in development. Iodine, by protecting children from simple goiter, exerts a remarkable beneficial effect on growth. If you want your children to escape being handicapped by this disorder, begin to use Morton's iodized salt at once. Most Americans took that advice. But over the years, the iodine from salt became less and less necessary. That's because food distribution has vastly improved in the last hundred years, resulting in a much more varied diet that generally provides all the iodine a person needs. Nonetheless, the mineral continues to be added to nearly 70% of the table salt sold in the U.S. today. Iodized salt may no longer be the necessity it once was, but as a low-cost way to prevent another goiter epidemic, it's worth keeping on hand just the same. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.